0: I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 33 of the podcast. Happy to be here with you, as always. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please hit that subscribe button. Things are really picking up for First Class Fatherhood here. Got an exciting guest to bring you today. Very proud to have a former Navy SEAL, Carl Higby, joining me today on the podcast. So we're going to get right into the action today. Today's interview is being brought to you by WeAreDapperTies.com. Get on over to WeAreDapperTies.com. Pick out a nice snazzy tie. And when you're checking out, put Father in the promo box. Get yourself some free shipping. All right, so right on the other side here, we're going to be talking with former Navy SEAL Carl Higby. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now is a former Navy SEAL who was a member of the team responsible for capturing the Butcher of Fallujah. He is the author of Battle on the Home Front and Enemies, Foreign and Domestic. He also happens to be a first class father. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood, Carl Higby.
1: Well, thanks for having me on.
0: Also, uh, he's going to be adding another uh, candle on his birthday cake today. Happy birthday, Carl.
1: One year older. <laughs>
0: All right. Just to uh, bring the listeners into this here, I reached out to Carl about a tweet. Let me just share the tweet with the with the listeners you had tweeted out. Remember when our society idolized strong figures who worked hard, had no excuses and fought to win. Now we settle for mediocrity, idolize wimpy social justice warriors and tiptoe around political correctness. Now, that struck a chord with me because I was a part of that society who idolized strong male figures. Break it down for me, Carl. What happened and how as dads can we push
1: back and turn it back around? I'll tell you, you know, it's disheartening because, you know, I have two young children and uh, I I see them being brought up in a world where, you know, people aren't idolized for their successes or victories. They're idolized because, you know, of mediocrity. And that to me is hard to cope with. You know, I, I am, I'm not a person who's accustomed with settling for less. Everything I've ever done, I've done it to the maximum amount of my ability. And, you know, small story. My daughter had a gymnastics event, you know, that everybody gets a medal, whether or not they complete the task or not. And that, that to me is a really hard thing to cope with because back when we were growing up, I'm 35 today. So it's not, you know, I wasn't a kid that long ago, but even then you were rewarded for winning. And I see people like Arnold Schwarzenegger who look politically, I don't agree with him that much anymore, but at the end of the day, like, He is a classic example of setting your mind to something, overcoming all odds and winning and doing it well. And that is something that needs that mentality is no longer taught in today's schools. And it's really disheartening. There are people out there
0: that that I do see that want to idolize the strong figures, especially father figures as dads.
1: What can we do to change this or push back? Well, you got to teach your kids. Now, there's this this big movement in our school system now where the students belong not to the parents, but they belong to the school. They belong to the communities and they belong to society. And and that's fundamentally false. I think that's part of the reason, you know, without getting too political on this issue, it is it is a problem that, you know, there's no wonder in the most prosperous nation in the entire globe uh, ever. We have our suicide rates have tripled in the last 20 years and that's a societal problem and it is a problem because a sometimes parents don't take the necessary initiative to you know raise their kids properly with the right values because either they don't have time they don't have the financial resources or they just don't care it is something that every single parent must address so when i'm with my kids i make sure that my phone is down i am in front of them and we are paying attention to these to the certain things and i try to have every single day because i have an ex-wife, and I'm currently married with another child. And every single day with both my children, I try to instill some sort of lesson into something we are doing that is fun. What age do you think is a good age to introduce a cell phone or social media to the kids? I actually shut down my Facebook and protest to this whole thing, which is, you know, for me, it was one of my main distribution platforms for a lot of my content. And I still shut it down because I believe principle over power.
0: The only time I got a Facebook account was just recently. I never had one before I started this podcast. So that's the only reason I'm on there. So I'm with you yeah. on that.
1: And and, it, and it's tough. But the other issue is, is like, you know, my kids are are young. I don't think there's a place for kids that age to be on social media because you don't know what's out there. It's too creepy. I mean, back in the day my, when my parents were growing up, they're, they're, the rule was come home before uh, the sun goes down in the summer. And that could be nine o'clock. Correct. And if you were sitting in the house, they'd look at you and say, what are you doing here? Get
0: out of the house. Go outside. Exactly. Uh, listen, exactly. What age do you think is a good age to introduce gun safety, guns and all that to your children?
1: I think the sooner, the better on this. And this is highly controversial. And I've actually been involved with my ex-wife in a number of litigation cor- uh, courses on this. The NRA did a documentary on my divorce because of it. Um, the, I think the fundamental thing is, look, guns are not for everybody. And that's fine. But I think children learning about guns and seeing them as something for what they are rather than an icon that they've never seen because then they're curious. When I was eight years old, we found a gun in my friend's dad's sock drawer. What we were doing there, I don't know. We were just being mischievous and looking through his stuff. Um, But we found that gun, and we were playing with it. Well, turns out it was loaded, and we just didn't know how to turn off the safety because we were eight. That is a problem. That right there. Yeah. And to be honest, like you you can knock a lot of things on that, but I'd never seen one. He had never seen one. Now, I did have a friend who around the same age had been had grown up around guns, been exposed to guns, and he knew very well, never touch a gun without an adult there.
0: I really don't know much about them. I didn't have much exposure to them in my life. So that's why it's, it's awesome to have a chance to talk to somebody like you that's experienced. Now, if, you, if I was going to get myself some gun safety and procedures and wanted to keep a gun for protection at home
1: with kids, what do I do? What's the best way to do it? So here's the thing. My gun, right? You know, like I, I am. A, I am obviously a SEAL, so I have a lot of gun background. But I, I also you have to be, uh, you know, understanding of the fact that many people don't know guns and therefore fear them. Guns, you know, either I have the best behaved guns in the world or guns don't actually kill people because my guns don't get up out of the safe and shoot people. Um, I have had a break into my house and I have dealt with it with a firearm. That was some uh, story in your book, man. That was crazy. Four guys coming
0: in. What? what they, they picked the wrong house.
1: Yeah, I mean, you literally could have picked any house within a mile of me and it would have been like a senior citizen, but it happened to be mine. Wow. Um, but the the other thing, too, is my gun is either on my hip or in my safe. It is never anywhere else. And that's it, whether my children are in the house or not, because, A, it's a practice and B, it's the way things should be done, because I want to I want to stress, you know, two A people beat the drum all the time and say, oh, you know, Second Amendment right. Below. Yes, we have the Second Amendment right. But, that, you know, with that, with great ability comes great responsibility and especially around kids. You have a heightened level of responsibility if you're going to own a firearm. And I want to tell people out there. I encourage people to teach their kids gun safety. I encourage them to talk about guns. I encourage them to let them see guns and touch them. You know, they don't have to shoot them just so they know that they are not this fictitious instrument that when they find one, it's all of a sudden this, this massively taboo thing that they just want to get into. Right. Usually the only time we
0: see guns will be like on the TV and it's some kind of movie where the guy's holding it gangster style and firing off a few rounds. So that's what we kind of. You know, someone yeah. like me that's not exposed to all the guns—it it looks unrealistic until you're until it's in your hand, like you said. You find yourself in that situation with a loaded weapon, then all of a sudden, it's it's realistic really quick.
1: Exactly. I did the same—you're talking about those Hollywood movies. The same people in Hollywood that are making millions and millions and millions of dollars on movies with guns, correct? Or I just—I just wrote an op-ed. It's up on my Twitter account this morning. I wrote it up on softrep.com about the Second Amendment, and and. Those are the people that protest guns the loudest. It's like, well, why don't you put your money where your mouth is and stop making movies about rocket launchers? It's the same thing with sex, Call They keep saying the same thing,
0: but every, every poster that they put for the new movie has got a girl with no clothes on. Exactly. Even the commercials today during, like, a, a regular sports game that we have to deal with, you hear Viagra commercials, Cialis commercials, it's never-ending.
1: Yeah, and the problem is, is we are not, as parents, we are not afforded the ability through the advent of the internet and social media to really be the ones to be the gateway of the information of certain controversial things to, with our own kids. And it's bad, but the only way to do it is to positively influence them on things, you know, and I say like second amendment is a classic example. The sooner you start teaching safety, the more assured you can be safe.
0: On a different note, how, how do you feel about like football contact sports and letting your kids at what
1: age do you think introducing them to like football would be? I mean, I'll be honest. I was Uh, You know, I I showed up for football my freshman year of high school at 110 pounds. My knees were actually wider than my thighs, and they told me to take a hike. So um, I went and I found the wrestling room where there were weight classes, and I ended up being a state champ. Um, I I, I will say that uh, the problem is with these impact sports and things like that, kids are getting bigger, faster, stronger. You look at someone from, you know, played football in the 50s that was a, a record setter. They don't hold a candle to our collegiate players now. I mean, that is how far it's come granted at the same time, like you can't wrap your kids in bubble wrap. I, I always tell people, I think there's, there's two types of people in this world. There's people who have been punched in the face and there's people that haven't and how you react to being punched in the face is a measure of your character. And I I think that, you know, I'm not saying go out and punch kids in the face. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that let your kid get punched in the face and don't cry and don't sue and don't freak out. Let him learn from it. And if that means getting hit hard in football, fine. But I think that, you know, our kids today, like, look, I was eating dirt and digging holes in the backyard from such a young age. And my parents let me do it. They're like, hey, don't dig down in a deep in a hole and get hit in the head with a rock. Well, guess what I did? Dug deep down in a hole and got hit in the head with a rock. And I learned not to do it anymore. Seems Like you
0: said, the society seems to have gotten soft. Even me, when I played high school football, there was a kid broke his ankle during practice. The coach was like, let's uh, don't call an ambulance. Call a hearse. Move the practice up 20 yards. I don't know where all that mentality has gone.
1: I know it, it, what it is. It's the wussification of America, and it, it's it's unfortunate. It's the it's the trophies for mediocrity. It's the it's all that stuff. And what it is is that people are afraid of losing. People are afraid of failure now. And so, like failure for me, as a you know, I wrestled in high school and college. The one of the lessons that I learned the most was from the matches in wrestling that I lost, and the ones that I lost the worst, I learned the most from. And it was because losing. Is a true testament to your character. Getting punched in the face is the true testament of your character. How you react to that defines how much success you will have in your life. And my parents instilled a, a huge set of morals in me by saying, you know, I, for instance, my senior year of high school, I wrestled 171 and I went all the way to the state finals and I ended up pinning the guy in the state finals. And I turned around instead of jumping up and celebrating, it was in the first minute of the match. Instead of jumping up and celebrating, I turned around and helped the guy up, and I got MVP of the per- tournament because of that.
0: Wow, yeah, and, that, yeah, that's almost like Barry Sanders, in a sense, to score the touchdown and give the ball to the referee.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and my parents taught me that, because my parents said, you know, this is how you act. That kid went out there, and I wrestled with him. I'd wrestled him a number of times before the tournament, and I knew him. And I knew that he went out there, and he brought everything he had, and I, you know, it was a man-to-man competition, and I was better than him on that day. And there are there was another day where he was better than me.
0: Yeah. And, that, and that's competition. And that's what makes us better. And like you said, I mean, that's how we learn and how we grow. Now, as a parent, have you caught
1: yourself repeating things that
0: your parents used to say to you?
1: I have. Of course I have. And a lot of them are things, ironically, where I was like, geez, my parents don't know what I'm talking about. Well, here I am saying the same thing, you know, <laughs> years later. What books do you read to your kids? Like what bedtime stories? Uh so actually I'm a huge Dr Seuss fan. You know it's funny I was I was going through Dr Seuss and I'm reading some of the things in there that if those books were written today it would be mass suicide for, you know, the liberal ideology because it is so some of the things are so politically incorrect on there. You know generalizations and you know what who cares? It's a kid's story, but I I'm reading these things and I don't I'm not offended by it, but I know certain people would be. What kind of music do you listen to with your children? What kind of songs do you sing with them at night put them to sleep? Uh, well, I actually can't carry a tune to save the life of me. Um, but you know, I, we we listen to a lot of country music. Uh, my my daughter actually really took a liking to it. I like it, so that's uh, that's that what we have in our house. All right was there was there any aspect of SEAL training that got you ready
0: to navigate fatherhood? Any any certain aspect?
1: Uh, patience.
0: <laughs> we have patience is tough. Yeah, no, um, it definitely is. Are you planning on any more, Carl?
1: No, I'm good with two. All right. uh, Any upcoming projects? Where can we find you? Uh, Got a lot of things going on. You can go to CarlHigby.com or you can follow me on Twitter.
0: All right, guys. Former Navy SEAL, First Class Father, Carl Higby. Happy birthday. Thank you very much for giving us a few moments of your time. Thank you. All right, Carl. We'll be back after a quick break. All right. That's going to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to Carl Higby for taking some time out of his birthday celebration today to join us here on First Class Fatherhood. So that was really awesome. Thank you, Carl. And please hit the subscribe button and come on back. You do not want to miss all the action here on First Class Fatherhood. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening. And you may not always get to fly first class, but you are always a first class father.